This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. If you're going to pick your best and most interesting bowl game right now that doesn't involve Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, what would it be? Oh, gosh, that's a tough one because uh, I was thinking you were going to say that it's not a, a New Year's Six Bowl. <laughs> uh, so, oh, you know, the Alamo Bowl would be right up there, although with everything that's uh, happened that, uh, it, you know, the, it, we'll see how good it winds up being. But uh, let's see, if we're going to talk, if we're going to eliminate the semifinals in New Year's Six as well, because those are uh, pretty easy Always to interesting, pick. Yeah. Uh, Probably the Holiday Bowl, uh, Louisville and USC, uh, with the you know what Louisville's done uh, over the course of the year, you know just missing out on a New Year's Six Bowl and would have been in the Orange Bowl had it not been for Florida State mm-hmm. uh, missing out on the playoff, and then uh, USC with uh, you know Lincoln Riley and not having Caleb Williams, what do they look like? I think that's the, that game will certainly be uh, pretty intriguing. It will be. Ryan Aber, of course, is our OU insider. I wanted to throw that one out there at him since that's one of those Capital Bowl, Capital One Bowl Mania picks you'll have to do. But we've got a lot of news about Oklahoma. Um, and we'll start with the portal because when you start looking at what Oklahoma's added and lost, now Caden Green, that was a really big surprise. At least it was to most of us. Was that a surprise to you? Yeah, that was stunning. I mean, uh, you know, all of the other portal additions you could see in some ways coming, but Caden Green, this is a guy who had, uh, you know, earned a, a starting spot late in the year, and you felt like he was one of the cornerstones for this offensive line moving forward. And then, uh, you know, for him to uh, enter the portal at this point, was, uh, I think, stunning to, to those of us on the outside of the program, and I think there's a lot of people inside the program who were stunned as well. We got to talk to players, uh, some after practice on Tuesday, and and they were uh, surprised to learn. They, they apparently learned uh, uh, right after the practice. I would imagine not from us. I, I'm sure they were told uh, elsewhere, but uh, just a, a really – uh, stunning transfer portal addition, and, and not just stunning for, for the standards of this year, but I think the, the most surprising one that OU's had uh, here since the portal became a thing. Any any inclination at all on what led to it? Uh, not really personally. I mean, you hear things that, uh, you know, maybe there's some, some tampering going on or, or whatever, but I haven't heard anything uh, solid on that front and you know apparently Caden Green has been uh silent with uh a, a lot of people that he had normally talked to including uh you know coaches and, and teammates too mm-hmm. so just uh, uh at really a head scratcher I mean the only thing you could po- pick out as maybe something that would uh you know put him uh to to uh get that in his mind uh, outside of anything wild or or uh, you know against the uh, the rules or the spirit of the rules would be that he was playing guard and uh, you know he he would want to play tackle. Yeah. But outside of that, there's nothing else on the field that you could think of because, like I said, this guy was going to be the the cornerstone of the offensive line future. Yeah. 
Uh, for the Bill Beatonbow and the Sooners. And, boy, he's going to be for somebody. There's no doubt he's a hell of a player. Ryan Abrams with us, our OU Insider. If you have a question, text it now to 918-262-5072, our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Having said that, it's really been a good week for the Sooners. You, know, you get Billy Bowman back. You get Stutzman back with a change of heart. You get this kid Samuel Franklin from UT Martin. I'm feeling a tremendous amount of momentum. That's, things have got to be pretty positive at post-practice, huh? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, especially the, those guys that you mentioned coming back. I mean, Bowman sort of gets the ball rolling. And, uh, you know, even when the report came out that Stutzman had, had told coaches that he was leaving, uh, you know, was hearing things that he was going back and forth. So it wasn't 100% set in stone. And I want to be clear that that initial report was correct, that he had, uh, you know, told coaches he was leaving and, uh, was uh, you know had planned to to enter the NFL draft, but to get him back, and I think both those guys can really benefit from another year from a consistency standpoint. I think we talked about this last week that uh, you know those guys uh, would would uh, personally benefit from another year, but the Sooners definitely will benefit from having those guys for another year as they make that leap up in in competition uh, to the SEC. And then uh, the, the portal additions, not only uh, the, the running back that you mentioned, but also out of the Michigan State offensive lineman. I think they've got to obviously keep adding offensive linemen there with what's happened over the last few days. But uh, they feel pretty good about some of the pieces that they've added and, and some of the potential for, for more pieces here uh, coming on down the road. Yeah, and then you look at, you know, the kid from Purdue, you know, and who's a hell of a player as well. It's it's really good. 744 on the Blitz 1170. The OU Insider, Ryan Aber. We're going to talk scheduling here in a moment with him first. Bryce? Yeah, Ryan, I was going to ask about, you know, with the addition of Deion Burks, who's, you know, one of the best portal transfer wide receivers in the country. You add him to a room next year of Jalil Farouk, Nick Anderson, Andrew Anthony, Jaden Gibson. I mean, that is a stacked wide receiver core. How, how do you think they'll measure up uh, against other wide receiver cores in the SEC next season? Yeah, I think they've got a chance to be one of the better ones. Uh, you know, Andrew Anthony was the guy who was really, really good this year until that injury against Texas unfortunately cost him the rest of the season. I think if you, if Nick Anderson and, and Jaden Gibson both continue to make strides, uh, they've both got chances to be really explosive players in the SEC. And then Jalil for, and I, I would, I mean, if you're, you know, asking me who's going to be OU's number one wide receiver next year, I think uh, Nick Anderson is as good a pick as any. Oh yeah. Uh, because uh, he, he was really good this year, and I think he's only going to get more and more opportunities. And then you add Deion Burks uh, to, to that mix, who's, I think, got a chance to make a, a step forward as well. So I think that they've got a chance to be one of the better and deeper uh, receiver groups in the SEC. And, uh, you know, I think that was a big, big addition for them, losing Drake Stoops and uh, you know some of the the other pieces they've got to uh, they needed to add a, a veteran presence in that room and uh, really uh, did about as well as they could with uh, Deion Burke. You know I do want to spend a lot more time on the receiver part of it because we've got a lot to cover. But to me, Farouk is the guy that might kind of take over for what Drake did. Drake got you a lot of first downs. Now Farouk had a couple of deep balls, no question. But I saw him catch a lot of important first downs. Who takes that role? Who takes the Drake Stoops role? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, certainly Farouk is, is one of the guys that you could uh, uh, point out as a guy who could do that. I mean, heck, we saw that 
big third down catch he had uh, against BYU yep. with Jackson Arnold at quarterback. And obviously Jackson Arnold, uh, uh, you know, has a, a comfort level in Jaleel Farouk. But I, I think, uh, you know, I think Jaden Gibson's got a chance to be a guy like that um, with what he's uh, a- able to do. And then, uh, you know, another one, we'll see if he's able to uh, make a significant step forward after playing a, a decent role this year is uh, Jaquez Petaway. Yeah. Uh, he's got a chance to uh, step up and have his role changed a little bit. But I think Jalil Farouk, with uh, the way that things shake out, the fact that, you know, he could uh, shift inside, depending on how things shake out, that I think uh, that might be the, the one that I'd circle as the guy who has that chance to be that sort of security blanket type of receiver. Uh, for Jackson Arnold. Just a couple more minutes here with Ryan Aber, our OU insider from the Daily Oklahoma, and we'll find out what he's writing for the Oklahoma today as well. Uh, before we switch away and go to over to the schedule, you mentioned Jackson Arnold. Uh, how's that going? Uh, we hear nothing but glowing reports. Seems that he's just stepped right in. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, everything positive so far. Got to talk to him on Tuesday, and he said that the first couple of bowl practices were a little, said the energy was a little bit off, and uh, you know, wasn't sure exactly what was behind that, but I, I think he said that, uh, you know, with Seth Luttrell settling in, with him settling in to that leadership aspect of being a quarterback, uh, especially that uh, things had taken a turn on Tuesday and felt really good about the direction it was heading. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be really big for Jackson Arnold. We saw what uh, stepping up in uh, the the bowl and not just the bowl itself but the practice leading up to the bowl we saw what that meant for Gavin Sawchuk's uh, development last year and uh and Jacob Sexton's obviously both those guys were hurt a little bit and it took some time to really figure out what uh what kind of impact that those guys would have but uh turns out that uh you know that that bowl experience a year ago against Florida State really uh, help boost them. And I, I think there's uh, an expectation that it'll have that same kind of impact on uh, Jackson Arnold. Last thing before we go to sque- uh, to the schedule, you know, we, with, with the offensive coordinator change with Joe John and with, with Seth Luttrell, how different do you think it will really look? I think, well, first of all, in the bowl, I don't think it'll look different at all. You know, uh, Jackson said the other day that they're still running the same play, still using the same terminology as Jeff Levy. So it's pretty uh, seamless to this point. I think after that, it'll look moderately different. I think, uh, you know, uh, Seth Luttrell likes to run the football a little bit more than uh, what Jeff Levy did. And I think you'll see that a little bit in the the tempo will be a a little bit slower, not uh, completely. Seth Luttrell does like to push the tempo, but uh, not quite as much as what uh, Jeff Levy does. And then uh, some of that terminology internally will change uh, fairly significantly, I would imagine. Uh, but uh, right now, everything is uh, status quo. Okay. Now for the schedule at home, it's Temple, Tulane, Houston, Tennessee, South Carolina, Maine, and Bama. Uh, on the road, Auburn, Ole Miss, LSU, Mizzou, and of course, playing Texas. We knew a lot of these, but now it's finalized. Any thoughts on this schedule? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that two-game uh, kick to end the season. Mm-hmm. You've got you come off the bye after a Missouri game that uh, you figure to be tough uh, in itself, 
But you come off the bye, host Alabama on November 23rd, and uh, you know obviously we all know what Alabama has has been and continues to be. And then you've got to finish the season at LSU. Uh, now I, I know obviously Alabama's got a, a tough uh, closing kick themselves with uh, coming to Norman, and then that that Iron Bowl that's a lot different from what their normal uh, routine is. Generally, they have either a bye or a uh, sort of a gimme uh, the week before, but that's just the reality of this SEC schedule. You're going to have really tough stretches, and for OU, that's going to come right at the end. But you know, the other one that I see is those, those first two with uh, September 21st, Tennessee in Norman. Uh, you know, that's going to be a big game for Josh Heupel, and uh, you know, after his exit and how things uh, went down. Uh, at the end of his tenure in, in Norman, obviously worked out really good for both sides there. And then uh, going to Auburn that next week, because Auburn is a really tough place to win. I mean, heck, you look at what happened in that uh, the Iron Bowl this year. You look at uh, some of the other really close games that Auburn played at home against teams that you, on paper you would think would just blow them away. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be sort of OU's Welcome to the SEC moment there. Uh, but uh, then the other thing is they got that bye before Texas. I thought that was interesting with both Texas and OU yeah. having the bye. So uh, this, this schedule is a different animal for, for the Sooners and for Sooners fans for sure because uh, there's, there's no longer you can just pick out the, you know three or four sort of gimmies. Yeah. You know they're they're just not there. No, they they are not. Uh, quickly before we ask what you're writing, uh, Porter Moser's team is lighting it up. I mean, lighting it up. They are fun. They made uh, Eric Musselman lose his mind even more, which was kind of cool. Um, did you expect what's happening right now, and can they sustain this? I did not expect this at all. And uh, you know, you expected some improvement with some of the guys that they added, but you know, got a chance to to really. Uh, sit down and cover them uh, extensively this week with uh, the, that game in, in Tulsa. The JV on McCollum was just so impressive in that one, and you know what he's done over these last couple games, but really throughout the season to uh, you know run that that point and and lead it the way he does. Really, you know, got a couple of point guards on that that team, but uh, these these transfers have. Uh, fit in as well as any group that I can remember. And then, uh, you know, listening to Eric Musselman afterwards, just be absolutely effusive in his praise of a guy that we don't talk about very much on this team, Sam Godwin, and what Mm -hmm. he does away from the ball, I thought was really enlightening uh, uh, on this team. But uh, they're playing fantastically right now, and I think certainly – They've got the potential to uh, keep that up. Now, the, the Big 12 schedule gets to be a grind, and it can grind you up a little bit, but uh, they've got a chance to build some more momentum before there, especially next Wednesday when they take on uh, North Carolina mm-hmm. uh, in Charlotte as part of a, a Jordan brand event out there. But uh, you know their, their Big 12 schedule uh, ramps up slowly, but uh, as slowly as you can in the Big 12 with uh, – games against Iowa State and TCU before that big Kansas game uh, on January 13th in Lawrence. So it'll be a a fun basketball season for sure. And it looks like uh, Porter Moser's team is finally living up to the promise that, uh, you know, a lot of us thought when they, when they brought uh, Porter Moser aboard. Yep, absolutely. So what are you writing today for the Oklahoman? 
Yeah, uh, looking at uh, SEC recruiting and, and OU making that step up and, and what the difference is in the level, you know, for years it's been OU and Texas at the top of Big 12 recruiting lists, and then you'd have to go way down to find the next Big 12 team in, mm-hmm. in general. And and now you look at the top 25 recruiting list, and, uh, you know, almost all of the SEC teams are in the top 25 so it's a different reality but it's one that the Sooners can use to uh, help themselves as well and we've already seen that with some of the uh, additions that they made on the defensive line where uh, some of those guys I don't think would have even considered OU in previous years but now with the move to the SEC they're uh, taking a hard look and uh, so it's writing about the balance uh, that, that that particular challenge brings to uh, OU recruiting here with signing day coming up uh, next Wednesday. Outstanding. Well, that's a lot of stuff, and we've covered a lot. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. We'll see you one more time before Christmas next week. So appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you. Sounds great. Always enjoy it. Have a great one, Rick. You betcha. Ryan Neighbor, insider for the uh, OU for us, for the Oklahoman. That's a lot of stuff to cover, but it is important that they had a chance to talk to players, and we kind of know what the feeling is. I'm getting that feeling of momentum, Bryce. I really am. Yeah, I mean, I think it couldn't come at a better time, right, uh, to be able to uh, have this bowl game with Jackson Arnold maybe getting really comfortable with the mm-hmm. new OCs and everything and all the portal news. Uh, it just couldn't come at a better time when you're making this historic transition. You know, potential, quote-unquote, which you know I consider a dirty word mm-hmm. most of the time. Potential aside, if all these guys coming in can perform as good as we kind of expect they will, and you can fill that hole at guard because it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Then you know all those stories mid year about Texas is more ready than for the SEC than Oklahoma may all be lies. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.